Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss a different Big Dumb Movie every episode. Brother, I'm your host, Corey, and today I'm joined with uh, my brothers, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on again, Corey. Yep. And Review Dude Josh. What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? I don't know anything else that Hulk Hogan really says in terms of catchphrases, so all I got is brother. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know, brother. Well, over over a podcast, you can't really convey the whole, uh, you know, hand motion to the ear kind of thing. Yeah. He does ima- in the ring, you know. <laughs> yeah, imagine me doing the ear hand, thing. Hand swirl, hand swirl, hand swirl, hand next to the ear. Let me hear it from the crowd, guys. That's how you paint a picture. The rip shirt. <laughs> yes, Q shirt rip now. Q shirt rip. It has to be a Hulkamania shirt, though. So, we are here to discuss the 1991 film Suburban Commando. And uh, like I mentioned before, I'm joined with Jonathan and Josh, two big dumb movie regulars. And uh, I, I just got to say off the top, this was a movie that Jonathan suggested, even though he, he now denies it. <laughs> he did suggest this to me in a text message, but he is not taking responsibility. Why is that, Jonathan? Hey, man, don't don't put me on the spot like that. All I said was, hey, this might be a good one to add to the list. And then you put me on the spot and said, all right, we're doing a pod this weekend <laughs> yeah, on that on Suburban Commando. It sounded like a good idea at the time. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. The suggestion just worked that time, that place. Uh, obviously, this movie stars... A wrestling superstar from the 80s, 90s, and even the 2000s. He's, you know, had a very illustrious career. Gawker legend. So it stars the man himself, Hulk Hogan, a.k.a. Terry something else. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Terry Crews, but that's not right. No, I don't Different Terry. I have a feeling. Different muscly Terry. This Terry doesn't like that Terry. (laughs) Probably not. Oh, man. (laughs) So... I wanted to ask you guys about wrestling because this came out at a time when wrestling was extremely popular and it only got more and more popular as the 90s went on, I feel. Wrestling used to be fucking huge. Maybe someone young today, like someone maybe the age of my kid or your kid, Jonathan, wouldn't quite appreciate how big wrestling was at the time that we were their age, right? Oh, absolutely not. Corey and I go so far back and that was like one of the foundations of our friendship, which was, it was about wrestling. I mean, we used to like record intros onto tapes and like go around listening to like wrestling intro songs, you know? Uh, I mean, for fun, I, I, for fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the, the amount of times that I've listened to the Degeneration X like intro song, you know? I mean, there was, and and we lived through that, that, um, or we got to experience the WCW WWF merger. We got to be able to watch two different wrestling programs on the same Monday night. You know, we had like Monday Nitro, we had the Monday Raw. Night Wars, yeah, dude. I mean, we had, oh man, like, dude, the NWO. 
We had so many good uh, uh, wrestling shows, and and I enjoy. I mean, although WWF was so much edgier, WCW was still awesome. Um, I think. I mean, they had they're the ones that had Hogan on there first, right? And then and then they brought him once at the whole end of the revolution. So many times, yeah. I have no idea which which one came first. It's like the chicken or the egg. It really is. Josh, what were you saying about NWO? I take it you were into this era Uh, as well. Yeah, I was for quite a bit of time. I stopped watching wrestling when I uh, around the mid 2000s, maybe maybe 2004. But yeah, I remember the Attitude Era, as they called it, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, NWO, the Monday Night Wars. I was there for it all, man. And, like, who are some of your favorite wrestlers? Or, like, if, if not favorite wrestlers, like, wh- do any specific events stick out in your mind in regard to wrestling? Like, oh, I, I can't, I'll never forget when this happened. I remember begging my parents to let me order, a, like, a SummerSlam, but I don't remember anything, like, specifically that happened in the SummerSlam. I just remember, <laughs> remember ordering it. Uh, favorite wrestlers, uh, in terms of WCW, I gotta go with my boy Sting. And then for WWF, obviously, you know, Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold was the original badass. He was kind of usurped by The Rock because they had the same kind of like fuck everyone <laughs> attitude. But yeah. but they were both baby faces. In Can I get life. a hell yeah? Like they were. <laughs> <laughs> he drank beer. That How was cool so is that? Epic. Yeah, somebody always threw him a beer from the side of the ring you know what impressed me was how good he could catch oh Dude, yeah i want to know how much that guy how much money that guy made that chucked beers at him for every <laughs> a monday night i would take that gig hell yeah so what do you do well i throw beers at stone cold steve austin before and after wrestling I get matches paid like 50 bucks a toss <laughs> i i i gotta say like i don't really i didn't really have a favorite wrestler at all i mean i i that era that we watched there was just so much quality of of the entertainment Mm -hmm. that how could you like just really be like you know what that guy's a piece of shit and irrelevant to the show you know what i mean like wcw had some jobbers though yeah it totally did but once it all merged to wwf it was such a rock solid lineup no matter what part of the show you were watching it was like I, I mean the the whole like Undertaker and Kane being brothers and, <laughs> the lightning. and uh, dude I mean Kane was one of my fucking favorites by far like dude he was just a badass from hell walk up to the ring you step over the top rope all the, the fire shooting out of the corners awesome. dude I mean everything about his character was so well done you know and then it's like how do you how do you not like Stone Cold how do you not like Degeneration X. I mean, even though they were the guys that you, they were there for you to hate, but you loved to hate them. Like they had to be there, you know? Um, you remember, a side note, you remember when X Pac used to be called the 123 Kid in WCW? Yeah. That was he, so he awesome. was also called at some point, I think it was six, but it was like S Y X X. Oh, that's so yeah, lame. <laughs> exactly. That was the transition between one, two, three, kid and X Pac. <laughs> so you're what you're saying is your favorite wrestler was the Blue Meanie. <laughs> yeah, I remember that well, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and there was uh, this total jobber that I hated in WCW called Disco oh, Inferno. Fuck that oh, guy. dude, he was awesome. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'll tell you oh, this. This is going to get a little sad, but one of my most vivid uh, pay-per-view events was, I don't remember anything about the event other than this one thing. In 1999, we were watching Over the Edge at my house. We watched every pay-per-view. And that is the night that Owen Hart died. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. And that was the first time I ever saw them break kayfabe in wrestling. And I don't think I've seen it since because I don't watch it anymore. But basically what happened, a match was starting. Owen Hart was supposed to come in from like the raft, from like the ceiling area of the dome that they were wrestling in. He was going to come down on a wire right. as he did. Like he came in like a superhero, like kind of like he flies down like in Sting. a way. And he right. had this, like Sting. Like, just kinda, like Sting would do. Yeah. yeah, like Sting would do. Exactly. But there was a problem and he fell and he fucking died. And then it cut to commercials for a long time. It didn't show him fall. didn't show him die, obviously. But the screen just went black. Then it goes to commercials. And then it goes to JR and Jerry the King Lawler. And they're like... Legend. Legendary commentators. They're very sad and they say something terrible has happened tonight. This isn't part of the show. I remember that line. They say this isn't part of the show. But uh, one of our wrestlers has fatally fallen. And after that, they continued with the show, which was... Quite a remarkable thing, actually. It's unbelievable how they could Vince keep going McMahon's after that. a fucking monster. That's why. That's actually kind of true. He is known to be kind of like a ruthless businessman that is a, basically like a micromanaging his team. I mean, I don't know firsthand anything, obviously. Just from like the stuff I've heard through the grapevine. Well, John the Oliver did a piece not too long ago that kind of covered the depths of like how much of an asshole he is. Oh, okay. I did not know that, but I, I mean, I guess that just is more evidence for the yeah. file. If you, um, uh, I, if anybody gets a chance, check out the John Oliver piece that he does on the WWF. Can, can I just touch on one more thing? Yeah. Um, Mick Foley, man. Why do we not oh, bring dude, him up? Dude, he is so I mean, awesome. He is gotta be in my top two wrestlers of yeah, all time. Which, I mean, between all of his yeah, characters, I, was about to say, who, I, I even had his like biography. Yeah, you lent uh, it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was so good. I mean, I'm like, and just to hear this guy who came from fucking nothing and gave one of the most legendary every ounce of his life to this, this, uh, sport, you know, um, it was unbelievable what he put into it and, and to talk about not breaking character, you know, how do you have all of these characters and and never break them and differentiate them so much? Do uh, love that you right, do. So yeah. which, Persona. Which, yep. Cactus Jack, your Mankind. Favorite, uh Mick Foley. No doubt it's Mankind, no doubt. Mankind? What about Absolutely. you, Corey? I actually liked Mankind too. Alright, I'm a Mankind man as well, so it's <laughs> unanimous. For the love of Mankind. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I think you were about to touch on uh a 1998 pay-per-view Hell in the Cell event with Undertaker and Mankind, maybe? Oh, yeah. That, it's like one of the most legendary fucking wrestling matches of all time. Uh, Mankind versus The Undertaker, the Hell in the Cell. Yep. Holy Mankind shit. got fucking launched like a cat in a tree, man. <laughs> this is launched. fucking God. <laughs> there, there's not a single other wrestler out there that would have done that. It's, it's in crazy the WWF, that that happened, no way. And then the match kept going. And not only that, they broke out the bag of tacks. So they poured yeah. tacks all over the ring, and he got choke slammed into tacks. Yeah. Say wrestling's fake. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, it's scripted, but yeah, what these guys yeah. go through. 
Physically and emotionally is unbelievable. He still got slammed into a pile of tacks. Like that really happened. The the tacks were in his flesh and the yeah. Undertaker. I remember seeing like little tacks yeah. in his arms. They had to like go backstage and pull him out after. <laughs> I mean, they didn't. He didn't just like take his shirt off and thumbtacks fell out. Like they literally had to like dig a lot of them out because he was pretty fucking fat. <laughs> There's a documentary on wrestling that came out in the late '90s. I think it was, or it might have been the 2000s. It's called Beyond the Mat. I believe it's available for streaming on Amazon Prime, and that's definitely worth checking out. It really goes into Mankind a lot and his family and how his wife, like every match is like, uh, you need to stop doing this now. Like, that's enough. And it shows him. He was in ECW. Right. ECW was fucking crazy. Yeah. It was like a a treat when we were actually like had that on TV (laughs) somehow to watch it, you know? Yeah. I don't understand their like distribution. Like it was so hard to see ECW somehow. But yeah, when you saw it, it was just like barbed wire, flames, chainsaws, fucking rockets, like <laughs> folding tables on fire. Yeah, like well, I don't. Oh, go ahead. I just don't understand how someone didn't die. There's a documentary about Jake the Snake about like years of like doing this shit. He's like basically a broken person, and like there's like a Kickstarter to help get him some surgery. I. Uh, I've not seen all of it, yeah, but I, yeah. Well, the the movie The Wrestler was loosely based on him. Yeah, and, well, yeah. Right? And that is like a good representation of like a guy that gives his heart, body, and soul, I mean, specifically body, <laughs> to this sport and just like really has nothing to show for it at the end. Speaking of heart, body, soul, and magnets, can we talk about backyard wrestling? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Do you have some good backyard wrestling experience, Josh? Were you the were the you the um, Devon the, Dudley of your day, Bruh, Uh, the the, the backyard boys. wrestling video games suck dick. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. <laughs> I, I never played I backyard never... wrestling. There were some really bad wrestling games, but also some decent ones. Oh my god, that's a whole nother conversation. Wrestling games used to be fucking awesome in the 90s. I recently just went through the garage in my house for PlayStation 1. I found um, Warzone. That game sucks. Dude, it was awful. Dude, that game is horrible. This is the worst control. Dude. But you know what? I played the shit out of that. Yeah, Johnny that's what was there. (laughs) Johnny did too. My cousin, yeah. Yeah. he, He was all about that game, but... Once you once we got the later games like uh, Warzone or uh, not Warzone WrestleMania 2000 and yeah. like those kind of WCW versus NWO World Tour. See, and all yeah, I, yeah, I used to own WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 2000. I actually have No Mercy on the N64 currently. Is that by the same company that made the other uh, one? I believe so. I'm not double, not like a hundred percent sure. Only because I don't have WrestleMania 2000. And Hmm. I don't want to Google it. (laughs) Well, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what was in theaters around the time of this movie, Suburban Commando. So this movie was in theaters in October of 91. And I'm I'm just in terms of of kids movies. It's hard to believe this even went to a theater. It really is. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) people paid money to see this (laughs) somewhat. It made eight million dollars. It cost eleven million. How adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. There, it, when it had some stiff competition in theater. So around the same time, all these movies were in theaters. Beauty and the Beast. American Tale, Five Will Goes West. Adam's Family. 
My Girl, and then Suburban Commando. So you're a kid, right? Think of 1991. Which of those movies are you going to see? Maybe Beauty and the Beast, too girly for you, maybe, if you're a guy and you're like me as an insecure white male as yeah, a child. you were super macho at five <laughs> years old, right? Super masculine. <laughs> I was insecure, I'll say that. Okay, maybe American Tale 5 goes west. Maybe you're saying that's for little kids. I'm a big kid now. I don't want to watch that. Okay, we still have Adam's Family, which is pretty edgy. Yeah. yeah. And then I My Girl, like, yeah. if you want to cry. Definitely the better of the Christopher Lloyd movies at that, uh, that release weekend. Good point. Excellent Man. point. Uh, no, Adam's Family is way better. Yeah. And I'll say this. There were some other movies that were out at the same time as well. Now, these are the lesser movies. And Josh, these would have probably been the ones I'd imagine you would pick. Highlander 2. Oh. <laughs> cool oh as Ice, the Vanilla Ice movie. Oh, oh God. God. And an absolute review dude classic, Samurai Cop. Oh, yeah. That's fucking legend. <laughs> now, Jonathan, I don't know if you know anything about Samurai Cop, but it's one of the most unintentionally funny movies you'll ever see. It is horrible. It's so bad. I, I've heard of it, but I've never, I've never watched it. I couldn't even tell you who's in it. I've got to ask you, do you know what katana means? <laughs> what does katana mean? It means Japanese sword. Japanese sword. It means Japanese sword. <laughs> I've heard you guys make reference to this in the past. It's from Samurai Definitely. Cop. All right. So that's that's suburban. So you're telling me I'm going to need to watch it. Bring beer. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. It's 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 a sit through. It's yeah. It's it's no casual casual watch. So let's get into Suburban Commando itself. This movie is rated PG, directed by Burt Kennedy. Like I mentioned, it had a budget of $11 million. And I was I was upset immediately when this movie opened. The first thing we see pissed me off because it is the <laughs> most blatant. <laughs> hey, Corey, have you ever seen Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. It is the most blatant Star Wars ripoff I've ever seen. It is so unashamed. My first note, horrible Star Wars entrance with some of the worst graphics I've ever seen. I know. Oh Think God. about this. Star Wars was a 70s movie. Yeah. <laughs> and the graphics were better. Yeah. And this, it just looks like dog shit. But not only does it look bad, it just tries to take the exact same shot from Star Wars. It even has little X-Wings flying around. Like, what I the fuck? Spaceballs looks better. <laughs> and it is better. <laughs> way better. Way better, yeah. So, yeah, there's a Star Wars rip We see a big ship, which is basically just like the Alderaan cruiser from Star Wars. I'm not going to harp on that too much, but, I mean, it has to be mentioned. The bad guy from Bill and Ted 2 and the president of space, I'm assuming? Oh, dude, poor man's Michael Ironside is the villain? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, General Suter. Legendary General Suter. This guy... Does not look imposing at all, does he? Man, no, he looks, man. Le he, he, he looks he, less imposing than Leslie Nielsen in uh, Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least Leslie Nielsen in Surf Ninjas was like funny. This guy had none of it. He didn't he have no any charisma. charisma. Yeah, nothing. No, he just kind of seemed like he just wanted to be an asshole just to just because. Like, he was like a spoiled rich kid. Like, this is his game. He's probably just like the movie's accountant who is kind of a dick. And they're yeah. like, 
come be this role. Like you're kind of a dick. Just yeah. Just act normal. He was he's like the guy that was in charge of picking up lunch every day for the cast, and they're <laughs> like, you know what? You're a piece of shit. Why don't you come over here and be General Suter? That's how Harrison Ford got the part of Han Solo. He just did line reads. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Are we really going to compare this guy to Harrison Ford? Like, yes. That's, a, that's where the yes. similarities end. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> they probably both ate lunch at one point in their life, and that's their only similarity. <laughs> they both were in a space movie. Yeah. So, Josh, what is uh, our, our hero, Shep Ramsey, doing on this ship, the villain ship? Oh, man. He's here to rescue the president of space... And <laughs> the entire space, I guess. I don't They never established, so I'm just assuming he's the president of all of space. And he comes in, beats up a few henchmen, blows up the sh- doesn't fucking rescue a single person, doesn't attempt to rescue a single person, just shoots up everybody and is like, All right, I'm out. <laughs> Two bad elevator jokes inside of 30 seconds, dude. Uh, that was awful. Oh, going line, up, going down. His line delivery so bad. Going up. Let me give you a hand. So I was talking to my wife about this as I was watching it. This is one of the worst directed movies I've ever seen. Yes. And the reason I say that is because... Everyone is just slightly off. Like this movie almost, it's surreal watching it. It almost doesn't feel like a real movie in the way that it maybe seems like a straight to VHS movie because it doesn't, things don't quite work. Like every line is just kind of wrong. Every cut is just kind of wrong. If it's Shep picking someone up and throwing them up in the air, it's cut in a way to that you don't know that that was done until it shows the person up in the air afterwards. It's, yeah, it's piss poor all around. Yeah, one of the things that really bothered me right from the get-go was um, the randomity of everything. Like, there, you'd be in one scene, and then all of a sudden, without explanation, you'd be somewhere else. And then you'd be back somewhere in a different place. And then you're forward again to another place. And it really, like, the whole timeline is just kind of fucked up. <laughs> Really, it, it certainly interfered with my note taking. That's exactly my same <laughs> thoughts. Like it, I, I was struggling to take notes on this movie because every time that I would like, okay, here's a good scene that I can start, I can catch up on my notes. I'd have to pause the movie and then restart it again because it was because the scenes are incomplete. That's yeah. why. So it, yeah. it starts to do a scene and then it goes to something else, and it's like, hold on, we'll get back to that in a minute. It doesn't. Nothing is established in the first part. So it shouldn't have been there. It should have just gone in conjunction with the scene that followed. But on that topic, we do get to see the Wilcox family. Now, the Wilcox family, they're just your average American family, I guess. Well, before that, uh, you know, he gets uh, Hulk Hogan after just completely fucking bungling his mission, gets space uh, space reprimanded. That's right. He's forced to take a vacation. Simply due to been working too hard. And anyone in your position would be a little stressed out. I'm not stressed out. Chef. Chef, what have you done? Uh, nothing. Oh, yes, you have. You have blown your power, Constable. Now, this is what you do. You land, lay low, find a power source, 
use your transformer and recharge no higher than 0.01%. Anything more than that would be trace. 0.01%? It'll take me six weeks to recharge. What am I going to do for six weeks? Why don't you try relaxing? Yeah. Six weeks. Well, no. Well, it doesn't help the fact that he, like, smashes his own spaceship and basically, like, crashes it. <laughs> Just because he's angry? Just calm down, man. Well, you know, it's part of his arc. The road rage was real back then. <laughs> he's getting space reprimanded by, like, inside the actor studio guy. <laughs> so the, the Wilcox family down on Earth, we get to see a little bit of them. Uh, the dad, who's, like, the main person in the family that we spend time with, his name is Charlie Wilcox, and he's played by the legendary Christopher Lloyd. And he is married to Jenny Wilcox, who played by Shelley Duvall. I fucking hate Shelley Duvall, dude. Really? I think she's an awful actress. What? She's uglier than the bottom side of my shoe after I've stepped in okay. dog shit. I cannot stand her double-decker fucking horse mouth fucking teeth, dude. Oh Disgusting, dude. I fucking hate her. I didn't like her in The Shining, and I dislike her even more in this movie. I okay. take it you're not a fan of Popeye. No, dude. I won't even watch it because she's in there. All right, next I, podcast, Popeye coming. There's God many reasons to not watch Popeye. She's like twelve on the list. Yeah, no, she's number one on the list for me. That's so funny. The views of Jonathan do not represent the views of Big Dumb Movie Incorporated. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I'll sign off on that. Uh, so I take it you weren't a fan of Shelley Duvall trying to be sexy for her husband. No, with her at lingerie. No. No, That's really the last thing all. I wanted to see in my I, life. There, there's zero sexy about her, dude. I'm she, into it. As soon as she smiles, game over, man. She's Ugh. got that. She's got that wig, that Deanna Troy wig. Ugh, even worse. It doesn't help her case at all. Josh, what? I would, I would rather see her with more clothes on than the lingerie robe setting that she had. Josh, was uh, Shelley Duvall doing anything for you in that scene where she's wearing the lingerie? Rock fucking hard, my friend. <laughs> oh, you are sick. You are she, so sick. She's hard in a very uh, Wednesday Adam sort of way. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even compare her. Oh. Oh, poor Shelly Duvall. She's got, I'm not going to lie with the horse face. She is just as ugly as sin as Je Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I don't man. know. Hocus Pocus really got things moving for me as a kid. I'll say oh, that. Yeah. So you have a bestiality thing. <laughs> She's not a horse, okay? <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I, I will say, I've, I I honestly forgot some of those performances you guys uh, mentioned, but I really like her in The Shining. No, I do too, but the <laughs> no. only reason she gives a good performance in The Shining is because she was tortured by the director. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Which is, is really that, fucked up in its own way. It, I yes. Mean, it's, I don't condone that. It's a whole nother level, but yeah. I felt like there, she could have portrayed the character way better than being a, such a fucking crybaby in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that like, well... That was her at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Dude, I would have fired her instead of torturing her. So, well, Josh, maybe you can you can shed a little light. Like, what was Kubrick doing with her in The Shining? Fuck, dude, I don't even know. Kubrick is such a perfectionist. 
like he would do like hundreds and hundreds of takes and basically tell Jack Nicholson to be an absolute piece of shit to her on set. Everybody was fucking mean to her. There's mm-hmm. like footage where she's like pointing out her hair turning gray and shit. Oh, <laughs> dude. Can't stand the heat. Get out of the kitchen. That's <laughs> no, why she's that's doing suburban thing. commando. Dude. Like, th- unfortunately, Shelly Duvall, she has gone completely crazy. Like she has seriously yeah. lost her mind now. Yeah, no, she is. And nuts. it's it's sad, really. So maybe uh, maybe someone's being a little insensitive here, Jonathan. Too bad. That's the thing, though, like, uh, Stanley Kubrick (laughs) didn't, like, he didn't fire her. He was specifically torturing her. Like, uh, like, yeah, you could have fired her, but. Can I I stop? Can we stop talking about her now? (laughs) Seriously, we still have to talk about her for the rest of the movie. Oh, man. That's a good point. We should probably get things moving along. On a sunny reference, let's talk about Hulk Hogan with the, the. Ch- uh, Chinese silken hair and the skin of a hot dog. Uh, I have a question though. What's going on with Hulk Hogan's hair? It's blonde and yet it's silken like that of a Chinese man. Ah, yes. Uh, that is Hulk Hogan's signature look. Blonde Chinese hair and the skin of a hot dog. It's awesome. Yeah, he does got that hot dog skin, <laughs> don't he? <laughs> Me and my cousin Johnny used to make this joke because his skin looked so bad and it was always greasy. It looked like if you push it, like your finger would go right through the skin. Like a balloon, you know, like <laughs> kind of like a kind of like a perfectly baked turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> just put it yeah. right in there. The turkey's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Ramsey, who is Hulk Hogan, by the way, he's on Earth, and he's he starts acclimating to like I don't know being on the streets and stuff. He's obviously Did- standing out to people. People are harassing him immediately. Did you catch? Where uh, the name of the the closed down bar where he happened to crash land? No, what his, was it? Uh, ship, the landing pad. Really? That was the name of the bar. That's yeah. kind of cute. Oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> and then he like rips the electrical cords off the wall and just like starts plugging his ship in. He literally killed Disco. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> That's good. Anyways. One of the things that stuck out to me when he's walked, just the first person that harasses him when he's walking around in his like space gear is this like Indian convenience store owner. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing here? What are you, huh? Are you unbelievable? And he's just walking down the street like, why is this guy yelling at him? <laughs> well, they make him seem like he's like eight feet tall at least, you know, which is that that character that they want hogan to represent so this indian guy washing his sidewalk was just like totally freaked out <laughs> just leave him alone though like just ignore him like who like, cares what you know what would have been awesome if he sprayed him with the hose <laughs> <laughs> he would have got launched into space like that skateboard oh yeah. my god well that was we'll get fucking there. epic yeah we'll get there <laughs> so what happens is mrs wilcox she decides to rent out her husband's like workspace as a bedroom. So Shep, who is now on Earth, Shep Ramsey, by the way, that's Hulk Hogan. I'm gonna have I'm gonna struggle with this name as I always do, I'm sure. Uh, he needs a place to stay, so that's where he gets hooked up with the family. So he's renting out a room from them essentially. Like, yeah, alright, let's bring this up. One, he can read English, like Earth language. I alright, I'll I'll buy that. But He's got 
Earth money? You know, that that confused me as well. When I was watching it, I was thinking, like, how how is he paying for this? Like, what? I don't know. Maybe he's just using space bucks. Side note, there's a there's a shot where, where he grabs the flyer. And, like, I like to imagine him struggling to read that flyer, like, apartment? Because, I don't know, he's a big dumb guy. <laughs> Maybe. That bit might have worked in a review dude episode. So Charlie was supposed to go to work that day and ask for a raise. And like he was totally just a pushover. He doesn't get a chance to talk to his boss about the raise. His boss just dumps more work on him. His boss is uh, legendary Larry Miller. Yeah. Not yeah. professor. He's one of those. Yeah. He's those always guys. this guy, right? He, he's always that, that kind of fast talking, kind of, you know, um, wheel and deal, greasy car salesman kind of guy. And he's usually depicted in a negative light. Who knows you better than I do? You're thinking to yourself, how does he care so much? How does he care to check? I'll tell you how. People, Charlie. People caring about people. People giving to other people. That's the way I choose to live. Not being a taker. What are those? The blueprints? Yeah, yeah, he's usually not the good guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's not exactly a leading man. There's a <laughs> no, 90s no, movie where not. he plays like I want to say, oh, it's a Wes Craven film where he plays like a raping serial killing clown. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> that seems to like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's right up his alley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that might be a little too uh, really too playing much for outside me. of his wheelhouse. <laughs> All right, so to set up the stage, Hulk Hogan, who is Shep Ramsey, is staying with this average family, the Wilcox family, uh, you know, who's led by Charlie Wilcox, who, like Jonathan said, is kind of, doesn't have much of a backbone, is his thing. That is really the premise of the movie moving forward, but I'd say about 70% of what happens next is just, like, Hulk Hogan's shenanigans, like fish-out-of-water jokes. So I think we can take this time to maybe go through some of our favorites of those, like Ho Hogan trying to figure out things on Earth or like doing things that are inappropriate on Earth. Jonathan, yeah. anything stick out to you? So uh, right away, the first scene after Shep agrees to rent out the apartment, well, the apartment used to be Charlie's shop, like. Charlie really wanted to like invent something, right? Like in one of the first scenes, he's working on a skateboard and he's like welding something to the trucks of the skateboard. I don't know what the fuck it was, but anyways. So when Mrs. Wilcox dressed up the apartment, she covered like all the tools with like plants and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, uh, so Shep is out there in the backyard and of course he's got to maintain those muscles. So he's got like, uh, this massive drill press. I mean, those things weigh like 300 pounds and he's just, you know, pumping iron with, with Charlie's old tools. And it's like, really? And it's like all this other stuff going on. And he's just casually just, he's got those 24 inch weights, pythons. Dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least, at least 24. At the height of his, uh, of, of his measurements that was supposedly his bicep size were 24 inches, which is just outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is insane. You know, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin matched that. Oh, really? Yeah. And you wouldn't, th and he doesn't seem like a guy that would be like that yoked, you know? Yeah. But he, yeah, he was 24. But Anyways. Uh, some, Josh, any shenanigans stick out to you? Fish out of water okay, stuff. Okay, so uh, there's Ramsey one here. legitimate gag that I kind of chuckled at. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is trying to pull up 
into his driveway and he can't uh, because the dickhead neighbors have the driveway blocked or some shit. And Hulk Hogan... They got like a bunch of race cars. Yeah. There are a bunch of greaseheads over there, yeah. And Hulk Hogan like picks up the car and moves it and they threaten him uh, and he's like, oh, what are you going to do? This, this, you're going to pound my face and fuck my ass and shit like that and then uh, uh they're like what you gonna you fuck gonna my sue? ass baby you gonna loop me up <laughs> they're like no we're gonna sue you <laughs> and then i as, thought that was actually kind of funny too i didn't laugh but like i i, I understood that I it was kind of funny <laughs> you got any idea what we're gonna do to you if we find one itty bitty scratch on them any idea let me guess you're gonna pound my face break every bone in my body then you're gonna drag me across the gravel road and feed my remains to a warthog is that about right what are you nuts this is the 90s we're gonna sue you we're gonna get you for willful destruction of property yeah mental anguish that's giving it to him loss of work hours we get through with you you ain't gonna have a dime left to your name you'll be hearing from our attorney as they walk away, Hulk Hogan's just completely baffled. He's like, um, what kind of planet is this? <laughs> this is a planet riddled with bureaucracy. Yeah, because he totally thinks they're going to start shit and he's just going to pummel him. That's pretty good. Uh, he flips over a car at some point because like, some random surfers are just like speeding down the neighborhood and they almost hit one of the kids. So he like rescues the kid and he catches up to them on foot somehow and he just flips over their fucking car. Hulk so smash. That's pretty cool. So I, I have the direct quote from the when those uh grease monkeys were were talking to uh Shep. Okay. And it's this is the nineties. We're gonna sue you for willful destruction of property, mental anguish, and loss of work hours. Wow. And then you get like one guy in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bunch like... of badasses, right? Yeah. Oh, tough man, guys. I can't... Uh, uh, we'd be, uh, remiss without mentioning the skateboard scene, right? Yeah, go ahead. Well, he falls, because comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how does he do, like, a full-on, like, backflip? You know, like, feet, head over feet, Don't feet worry, overhead. Jonathan, it pays off in the end. Yeah, no, I, it, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so also, the other scene that stuck out with me, because... I've always been kind of a car guy, grew up in the in the car industry. And there's that scene where Shep comes up to the um uh Ferrari. Oh and Kit. It has this alarm sensor. He right? fights Kit and, from Night Rider. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, right. So the this was a this is a real thing, okay? And it did exist at that time that there were proximity sensors that you could install in your car if you had like a T-top or a convertible or something like that. So if somebody stepped inside that proximity sensor, it would start triggering the alarm, right? You are too close. This is your last warning. Back up now. Wait, wait. Find the state. You can stand as close as you want. In fact, take the car. No, please. Wait, no. You definitely didn't install it right there on top of the fucking center console so somebody could reach in and rip it out. And then it definitely didn't like start debating with you and like trying take to reason with you after you ripped it out. Go ahead, please take the car. 
Did it ever quote a life alert commercial though? Never. <laughs> I've Never. fallen and I can't get up. A lot of times you could actually like uh, program it to say whatever you wanted. It was just kind of cool. It's a one like, of hey those man, things didn't get last. Get the fuck away from my car. But is, was it like a robot voice? No, you could actually like record your voice on there. Oh, okay. You could yeah. yak back the fucking yeah. thing. I mean, they had like, you know, preset Siri voice and stuff, you know, but <laughs> 1991 Siri voice. <laughs> Which is basically a 60s robot voice. Yeah. I think the yeah. most famous fish out of water gag is when he goes into the arcade, right? No way you're wearing the galaxy that's turned dragons. Oh, no, we can't. We're up to Use your phaser! I can't! I'm in hyperspace! Then launch photon torpedoes! You're crazy! Dragon's a Zork! Photons will get more power! Impossible! I thought only Zenites could do that! My shields are failing! Try boosting your injectors! They're out! Oh my god, that scene is insane. Yeah, he's so good, the game, like, blows up, dude. Well, not only that, but, like, he hears, like sci-fi noises for lack of a better term he hears like pew pews going on and he laser pews he runs into the room where he hears it and it's an arcade and he just like gets right in this kid's face and he's like launch the photon he's all star trek stuff launch the photon torpedoes fire the phasers yeah just screaming in this kid's face yeah this kid's like wow you're so good oh that scene is insane oh my god uh and his Fucking line delivery ruins it at the end when he's all like, Game? What game? You must play this game a lot. Game? What game? (laughs) (laughs) There's also the cat launch. Hasta luego, gato! The girl's all like, yo, hashtag not my pussy. Yeah, and then he launches the fucking cat. (laughs) This girl is a cat in the tree. Now, keep in mind, this girl grew up to be a pretty well-renowned actress. This is Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. As a kid. Uh, famous Shut from up. now. The, the Invisible Man movie and also yeah. Handmaid's Tale. Shut up! That's Elizabeth Moss? <laughs> yeah. The, I think they said that that was her first like real acting gig. Yeah. I mean, if you call 30 seconds a real gig. Yeah, of her like yeah. fake crying and then yeah. saying like, that ain't my fucking cat. That's not my pussy. With he her- just bends the branch down yeah. to the kid. And then when she says it's not her cat, he just lets go. And the cat just fucking gets launched. Dude, that, that cat easily flies like a thousand yards. Yeah, I mean, easily. It, it should be happy it's not in space like the skateboard. It, but It wasted like all eight lives right there. <laughs> With her money grubbing parents behind the camera saying, say the fucking lines. <laughs> hey, what about uh, what about the mime? Like he didn't understand oh, that the Jesus mime was Christ. what it was doing. But why was this mime like in an alley in the middle of the night doing <laughs> so, stuff? You know, am I being, like, what I is this? Get Paris? It. I'm not gonna lie. I think the joke works if the mime remains silent. If you don't have those cringy moments where he's like, "Womp womp, I'm moving away from nights." Womp womp. So the thing with mimes is like, mimes is one of those things that was popular in the 90s for some reason. Like I remember as a kid, like bringing up mimes a lot or there'd be like mime gags in movies. Whatever happened to mimes? I've never even seen one in public. Ever. They were in uh, Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> oh, that was classic. That was good. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I've been to Venice plenty of times. I've been to like Second Street Promenade down in Santa Monica. 
Um, you know, anywhere that you would typically think that you would see some stuff like that. I have never seen a mime. Well, a li- yeah. all right, show of hands. Who wants to be a mime? Okay, yeah. So nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to be a fucking mime anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another good one is when Ramsey wakes up in the morning and he just hears like noise from the street and like neighbors and like kids running around. He just wakes up in his bed and he just yells, shut up. But like yeah. lame ass it- fucking line delivery that's clearly dubbed over in a studio. Quiet! Hey. <laughs> oh, it's 80 yard for sure. But it, like. It's kindergarten cop, basically, but done horribly. Yes. And then he yells at the cricket. Oh, he does? Yeah, he's like, hey! And the cricket stops chirping. I didn't even notice that part. Oh my god. Hey, at least at least Arnold had, like, the throat veins popping out and shit like that. And that it was, was shot awesome. better, because, like, when he yells shut up, like, the camera, like, moves around him, like, in a circular motion. Yeah. And he's, like, yelling, and he's, like, looking all crazy. Like, and, like, his eyes are going back and forth. He's, like, total recalling, like, his yeah. face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Shut up! <laughs> See, that's done way better. So you're saying Hogan should have said it in an Austrian accent. That would have saved it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Jonathan, I know that you had looked up some info about... Arnold Schwarzenegger and his relationship with this movie. What was that? Ah, good segue here. <laughs> yeah. So this movie was actually originally offered to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito uh, rather than ah, Hogan the, the and twins. Christopher Lloyd. And they chose to take twins over this movie in like, what was that? 87 or something like that. I see. And then this movie was then re-offered back in 90 and then produced. I see. So- they chose the successful movie over the, <laughs> yeah, over the piece of shit. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Which is good. Obviously, they read the script. They were like, eh, no. So, I guess Hogan took this on on push from uh, McMahon. Vince? Yeah. Of course Apparently, before, uh, back in what, like, I think it was 86 or 87, Hogan did another movie where he had basically his opponent in this movie uh, I think it was Tiny Zeus Lister, you know the guy who played Debo on yeah, Friday. Yeah, ended up like they tried to to bring that villain into the ring and make a wrestling <laughs> career out of it, and it totally just flopped. And Vince wanted to like do that again somehow, but how the fuck are you gonna take Christopher Lloyd into the ring? Dude? <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, come on. I would watch that shit. I tag team with him. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name gonna be? Regular guy with a horrible fucking haircut. <laughs> I, I think it'd be funny though, like if he had like this gimmick where he, you know, he's Christopher Lloyd and he looks like he does in this movie, but he's crazy strong. Like he goes in the ring like and like Super Jew, like the un- <laughs> the Undertaker <laughs> tries to like hit him and it just doesn't hurt, and he just like flicks the Undertaker and the Undertaker just like flies out of the ring, like he's like Frieza or something. That would be awesome. I think that would be a good gimmick. Super but, super low pro like powers, but maybe maybe too over the top even for wrestling. <laughs> uh, you should see some of the shit they got going on today <laughs> yeah that's true actually yeah. no. <laughs> it, they were just too soon too early on it okay so like meanwhile like while hulk fights the entire town christopher lloyd is like spying on him are there any like spy gags that stand out to you guys well one of the main like plot devices is the weaponry of Ramsey. So Christopher Lloyd finds one of his pew pew guns 
and he accidentally fires it and blows up like his neighbor's car. He's like peeping toming uh, Hulk Hogan, and it looks like he's like legitimately prepping for World War Three. He's like pulling out <laughs> weapon after weapon after what, like rather than thinking he's like a member of the Taliban, he's just like mildly suspicious. It makes him. Oh, this is pre-Taliban, so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess the Russians. <laughs> yeah, he th- he thinks he's a communist. <laughs> yeah, he's. I'm from France. <laughs> yeah, he claims to be from France, and no one questions that, which is great. But yeah, so this triggers the bounty hunters when Christopher Lloyd accidentally oh fires the gun. Oh my god, the bounty hunters receive the bounty on like a old like. 1800s western piece of paper rather than a piece of like sci-fi tech it's like a scroll it's like a scroll how fucking lame so one of the bounty hunters i didn't realize this until i started reading about the film after i was already done watching it totally had no idea that that was undertaker yeah no idea that's my guy right there dude pre pre tattoo but they gave him such a like short neck like he just looked really strange like that wasn't like his his typical like body structure or something is that so strange is he the one with the baby voice yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) there's a so they don't have him talk the whole movie but when he does he has the voice of a little kid which is kind of funny like so that's kind of like a plus to this movie yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, what is this, a tag team? You're a dead man, Ramsey. No wonder you guys never talk. And then the other guy that he's with, the other bounty hunter, is the catcher from Angels in the Outfield. So that's where I wow. remembered him. The chili dog guy. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> I mean, on a totally separate note, Angels in the Outfield just has... The most star-studded cast you'll ever see. Like, it's, isn't that another Christopher Lloyd movie? It is. Yeah, <laughs> Oscar-winning uh, or Oscar-nominated at least. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. I mean, it has Danny Glover, Christopher Lloyd, Matthew McConaughey. Um, who's the boss guy? The Tony Danza. Like the, the cast is insane for that movie. Oh man. Anyway, great movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's been too long since I've seen it. So one of the like, uh, it's not really a weaponry, but one of the gadgets that Shep has is X-ray goggles, uh, by binoculars almost. So like, as you zoom in, it gives you X-ray. Holy shit! That leads us into the scene where he stops a rape. In a, yes, in a scene yeah. that's like right out of fucking RoboCop. <laughs> so you're of course talking about Charlie. So Charlie finds uh, Ramses's ship. And he finds his like power glove and all his like his commando gear and he puts it on and he's like, yeah, he's like full Robocop. He like he walks out all stiff, walking like a robot into the it's alley. Like, yeah, my dick hangs low. <laughs> and yeah, he legitimately stops a rape in this PG movie. In this kid's movie. How did this get a PG rating? And murder. Rape and murder. <laughs> because she murder, totally yeah. said they would have killed me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and no one says like after... You know, after yeah. blah happens. <laughs> she didn't say, they would have killed me after they raped me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to like not go there, but all right. <laughs> Dude, you already know me, man. I'm just going to fucking say it. Oh, one of the funny things is though, like right before that, like Ramses goes to Christopher Lloyd's work office because he realizes that he's been snooping around. And the receptionist at the office has a fucking gun. 
So yeah. when Ramses and and Chris Lloyd Charlie they start like arguing, she just pulls out a piece from under the desk and like points at him and is like, "Get the fuck out of the office." Yeah, and then she said, "I'm gonna bust a cap in your ass." <laughs> yeah. Oh, another piece of equipment that Hulk Hogan has is the fucking PKE meter. Oh my god! Yeah, from the it's Ghostbusters. Such, it's totally a PKE meter. And no, it's literally the same. <laughs> no, it, it is. They, <laughs> yeah. they they took it from that movie. How though? And used like, it. All right, so this is this movie was made by New Line, which is owned by Warner Brothers. Now, Ghostbusters was made by Columbia, which is owned by Sony. So, how does that prop get passed Dude, from one studio to the other? You're telling me that in 1991, Hulk Hogan can't call in favors <laughs> to anybody in the entire world? That's true. Come on. Yeah, he's like he was the Keanu Reeves of his day. Really. Oh, dude. <laughs> Just he ate so Keanu well. Reeves for breakfast. <laughs> Need the protein. Oh. So, yeah, they got a PKE meter. Eventually, what happens is uh, Charlie and Ramsey, they have to team up because the rapists have... <laughs> In our family movie. the One of his, his weapons. They have his freeze gun. Oh, so one, one plot point we forgot to mention was as soon as that, that freeze gun or one of the pieces of weaponry turns on, it sends out a... A, a locating signal, basically. So that's how the uh, the bounty hunters got a brief signal of of uh, where Shep was located, which was planet Earth. Exactly. And they do show up when Charlie and Shep go to uh, foil the rapist's bank robbery. And they get the freeze gun. Charlie gets frozen. And then the bounty hunters do show up. Josh, any points? Uh, well, I mean, we get the the famous. The, I think the most famous line from this movie: "I was frozen yeah. today." I was frozen today. Thanks to the nostalgia critic. Yeah, classic. Nothing stands out in particular. Uh, at oh the, man! At the robbery. Hold on, hold on, Josh. I'm going to argue with you, man. There's there is an even better line. Which one? It's where he, uh, the bank robber, tries to freeze. Shep and oh, he doesn't shit. freeze and he goes he finishes drinking something and he goes antifreeze <laughs> gotcha <laughs> antifreeze cause that's how it works <laughs> yeah so fucking corny oh my that God. was the best line of the drink scene. antifreeze kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> only if you're an alien yeah, real shit. What what eventually happens is uh, our two main characters, again, Christopher Lloyd and Hulk Hogan, they go to this like black tie event at uh, Charlie's work. Well, they get the big idea to yeah rob the boss. Yeah, they got to steal some crystals from the... It doesn't really matter. They're there to get something. <laughs> it seriously doesn't matter at all. No, it does. He was like... Unless you have 20 pounds of something crystals. Oh! I mean, it was it does, but also, Jonathan, does it? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. It's so weird that my boss was showing me that rough rough amount earlier in the film. Did you guys notice, like, as soon as he showed the crystals and the camera, like, did it insert shot? You're like, okay, they're going to need these at the end. I tried to not look at that. I really <laughs> tried not to. Quick question. What was the point of the bounty hunters at the Surf and Burger scene? Hey, dudes. Welcome to Surf and Burger. Home of the big, big, gnarly burger. We got the Wipeout Burger. We got the Dude Burger. We got the Hang Ten Burger. And the totally awesome burger. 
Hang on, you guys! You just got married! Whoa! This is cool! You two are so cute together, you know? We got the special honeymoon burger for just newlyweds like yourself. You know what? I, I thought there was going to be more to that. Like, I think it's to show, like, that they're, like, violent and crazy. But destroying, like, an intercom at a drive-thru is, like... You're not shooting the person. You're just shooting an intercom. Like, that's not, like, that badass. Well... I, I thought that it was like they felt insulted, like they were being called gay because they the were car said just gay. married. Yeah. You know, like, but the guy was like, "Oh man, that's so cool, dude! You guys are just married." Da, da, da. And like they got all offended about it. Wouldn't it have been funny? Like the guy wasn't like, "Oh, you're just married, you bunch of f you know." Like he was just he was congratulating them. He was a nice guy. It would have been funnier if their reaction was. Instead of like getting mad and blowing up the intercom, being like, "Well, we're, we're actually we don't partake in that kind of lifestyle. We're not against it. We totally support it, but it's just not our thing." But how do you say that in a seven-year-old girl's voice? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I just think it would have been funnier because you expect them to react badly. Yeah, yeah. If you if you would have done it opposite, a total opposite joke would have been awesome. So Corey, you bring up a brought it up, and I think it's a running theme that like I thought there was going to be more. Like, there's the scene where, like, Hulk Hogan and Shelly Duvall, like, she's screaming, and he runs in, and she's, like, watching some kind of Oprah ripoff, and, like, I thought that there was going to be more to that. Like, he was going to watch some soap operas or some shit, like, Mr. Mom. And, like, get into it and, yeah. like, kind of try to understand the culture. Yeah. It become, like, I a I thought she was going to have an affair with him. Because <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think he's that desperate. I thought he was going <laughs> to She get, is. I thought he was going to get in touch with his inner feeling. <laughs> it would have been, like, Kazam or, or, no, a Last Action Hero. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really talked to a woman before. <laughs> I can't do an Arnold voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but like, like I could see, I could see Hulk Hogan sitting on the couch watching this like Oprah ripoff, Ricky Lake or whatever the hell it was, and like in a cotton robe with a towel wrapped around his head, like into both of them it, sitting there, like screaming, yeah. and yeah, they're eating eating bonbons. Uh, there was the dinner scene where he asked for slightly a little bit more food, and I thought there was going to be more to that scene where he constantly asked for food, like the Hobbit or. Yeah. uh yeah, like the dwarves in The Hobbit. He just had like a regular like second helping yeah. of, of like prime rib and mashed <laughs> yeah, like potatoes. Yeah, like a pretty like, modest like meal. <laughs> yeah, like I want seconds, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is like cocking an eyebrow. <laughs> How suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Because the only point to have that thing is to make it like suspicious. But it's not because it's just like a normal helping. Yeah, if he had like eaten all of the food and then like started eating cereal and then like ice cream. Like what else he got? He's like going through the closet and he's like throwing stuff behind eating him. He's like, oh, this is good. He like dumps jar. it on his head. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like why couldn't he just be like uh, E.T., you know? He starts like raiding the, the Coors Light and trying all these different shit. <laughs> or Alf and he tries to eat the cat. Yeah. No, he just launches them into space. He doesn't need <laughs> them. Hashtag not my pussy. <laughs> so at the black tie event. Oh wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta say one more stupid <laughs> fucking joke, dude. So during the bank robbery, when everybody was frozen, did you catch the score? 
No. Jingle bells. There were jingle bells, dude. Oh my god. It was so awful. When was this? I, I will commend the actors in that scene for staying perfectly still. Okay. They did that remarkably. I I no, I saw them wobbling so much and I okay. I wonder why they just didn't get wax sculptures like they did of cl- clearly of Christopher Lloyd. Were the cost of hiring extras for several hours uh cheaper than just getting sculptures of people? I mean, they must have been. They didn't have that much money to work with. These actors are like wobbling back and forth, and then it cuts to the the wax statue of Christopher Lloyd, and there's an obvious difference. So I want to get to the black tie dinner because that's where the bounty hunters confront Ramses and they have their fight. But one thing that I thought was funny was that as soon as they get there, like Christopher Lloyd and Hulk Hogan are both in tuxes. So like yeah, they, where did they get their tux on the way there? They just drive there and they're in a tux. It's awesome. Which, which, which Christopher Lloyd has like this... It's like, like a Rush Hour 2 scene that was cut out. And Christopher Lloyd has that like Ford Festiva, I think the name of that car was. It's the smallest, most piece of shit car <laughs> that you could buy at the time. And like they go to try to get in the car and uh, Shep tells him... Now without a door. Yeah, Shep tells him, no time for keys. And they just rip the door off. He's like, really, dude? You got to rip the fuck? Fucking doors off. You don't have time for keys. <laughs> he, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't understand how they work. Look where destroying equipment got you today. Like, God. You, you haven't learned your lesson. It's not that he doesn't care. He doesn't understand how they work. He's like, was remove door, key car. And Christopher Lloyd's car thing is just bad. Like the whole like the the whole payoff and the the setup and the payoff for the car thing. First of all, there's a red light. And on a freeway with no intersection, which just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and how the fuck does he ever think that he would win a race between a Mercedes Benz and a Ford Mustang at the time, it's which not about was probably a GT Mustang? It's about it, the drivers. It had yes! three times the engine size. It doesn't matter Ford. if you win by an inch or a mile, goddammit, Jonathan. Winning, God winning. damn it, that car, it was physically impossible. That car had three cylinders. If you believe in yourself, anything is possible. All right, let me ask you this. What if it's Dom Toretto? Toretto would have won. He would have yes. been double clutch and granny shifting like he should. Yeah. Case closed. <laughs> In an automatic. <laughs> I think it would have been great if Lance from Fast and Furious pulled up next to him. Don't you think, Josh? Nice machine. <laughs> it's an amazing machine. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it is dead, dead fucking stare. <laughs> So what do you guys think of the fight between the bounty hunters and Hulk Hogan? Anything? Because that whole scene was like meaningless and worthless as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it, it was nothing to, nothing special. Speaking of recycled props, I guess they got the boots from Super Mario Brothers? No way. Or Super Mario Brothers got, got the boots from them? Are they the same? They look suspiciously similar. At least in concept. It was just like that early 90s aesthetic. Yeah, rocket boots. So there's a big fight. It's pretty stupid. It's shot pretty poorly. Uh, but suffice to say, Hulk Hogan wins the day because he is the hero of the story. Specifically, after all. there's a shot where I guess the Undertaker's being like launched up several floors, and the way he's like got his arm structured and the coat, and it's so obvious he's hiding a rig. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's it's so, like, poorly done. He's just got his, like, arm elevated and the coat's hanging. It's 
I, I noticed it. The whole thing is pretty awkward with him going up to the ceiling. Like it, th- this movie recycles shots a few times, and that's one of them. Like we see it at one point, and then we see the same shot a little bit later on, like a few seconds later. Uh, but these guys aren't the real villain of the movie. The real villain was set up earlier, who we thought was dead but is not dead. General Souter, a guy as threatening as George Costanza himself. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, why don't you? Tell I would us? be more afraid of Costanza. Yeah, yeah he might. sure. <laughs> Just because he's so fucking neurotic. Yeah. God damn it! He, yeah, he is unhinged. He bought bit. the big salad. <laughs> he did buy the big salad. <laughs> But he, uh, he was not going to let her take credit for it. Josh, why don't you tell us about like what uh, this guy, General Souter, does here? Okay, uh, discount Michael Ironside uh, basically takes Christopher Lloyd and his family hostage and chal- challenges Hulk Hogan to a one-on-one fight. Like, the, I wonder who's going to win. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? Well, I mean, Hulk... Hulk Hogan probably doesn't know this, but he is secretly the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah! Underneath his human exterior. I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> well, you got a glimpse of that all the way in the beginning of the movie when President of Space, President of Space like, yeah. had this like metallic card hidden up his sleeve and launched it at Suter like, and DVD cut his case arm off. That he threw <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, he was, it was his best impersonation of Gambit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm the president of space. Let I me give you a want. hand, mon ami. <laughs> yeah. And then like the, the, I don't know, tentacle or whatever the fuck was like started growing back. Yeah. So the family's hostage and uh, Hulk Hogan is fighting this dude and uh, Christopher Lloyd helps out. Hulk Hogan's fighting a big rubber suit, a uh, guy in a rubber suit. Uh, like the suit looks okay. It could have been like done better if it had been directed better, you know, like hide it in shadow, maybe some like throw in a shitty fog machine. It's just boom in this flat shot for all the world to see. Here it is. Yeah, he's a he's a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. I mean, I was just expecting any minute Rita to throw down a grenade and be like, make my monster grow. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know, man. I, I kind of liked it. it. Not not the no, scene, but it, it the costume. The alien costume was legit. It looks At least good. it wasn't like early, early CGI that was used. So that's good. For some reason, I, I got like little hints of like Predator-ish kind of costume from that. And I and I don't really know what part yeah. of it, but it all made, the it predator, me, yeah, the yeah. poor man, poor man predator, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know when we were like kids and our parents didn't have money to buy us really cool costumes, we had to go get them from like the dollar store, <laughs> like that version of Predator. Oh, I'm just man. saying, Good if memories. you you give that costume to John Carpenter, and oh my god, the difference would be night and day. Yeah, probably. And what Ramses does is he electrocutes him and then Christopher Lloyd puts on like the power glove and punches him in the balls. He gives him a hand job. He gives him a hand job real quick. He's like, any last requests? <laughs> a handy. Quick old fashioned, you know. Do you you think those gloves have speed control? Yeah. <laughs> Programmable speed control. That rip your skin right off, my friend. <laughs> oh, the friction is enough to kill a man. But so what Ramses does is he blows up his ship. He sets his ship to self-destruct so that he can totally like finish off the Three and a half minutes, by the way. Three and a half minutes. Yeah. 
All right. Fair enough. You guys last that long? <laughs> I've been done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they they defeat the villain pretty easily. It's not that it's not built up to be this big scene, but it's just kind of there. Like they need some kind of finality. Oh my god! He beats the henchman. So can we let's backtrack two seconds? I there's a scene where Hulk Hogan is talking to the crazy colonel next door, and like the colonel tells him, you know, sometimes you gotta lose to win. And I swear, as a first-time viewer, I, I for sure would have put money on that was going to come back into it. That's how he's going to defeat the villain. No, he just punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's not that smart. Yeah, but he lost his ship, though. That was the lose, man. He was not able to go back into space. Yeah, but it has no bearing on him at all because he immediately has a new ship. Yeah! <laughs> a bigger and better one, too. Yeah. That thing was badass on top of, like, a sky rise... What do they call those things? High-rise uh, buildings. Before he gets into the ship, actually, a couple things to, like, wrap up the movie. One thing is that Charlie... Mr. Wilcox has now gotten his confidence after this whole Totally ordeal. decides to stop being such a pussy. Yeah. And how does he decide to stop doing that, Jonathan? Well, he drops off his family. And, and mind you, this is within that three and a half minutes of self-destruct. He decides to drop off his family in some safe area, get in the car, turn back around, drive through the wall, and hits, uh, I think he hits, what, Suter? Yeah. Uh, and... Somebody Coincidentally. Else. Yeah. And then um, he, Charlie's wearing Shep's gloves because apparently they had a second set of all of his like armor and, and everything. So he's wearing the gloves, grabs. Oh, yeah. That's where he grabs him by the sack. Yeah. Well, yeah. On an RPG level, like he had like weaker armor. He was like, this is looks like mine, but you can only take like two hits. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, what the, so, what I was trying to get to was Charlie, after that whole event and they defeat the guy, he quits his job to, like, show up his boss, which I thought he was going to finally ask or demand the raise. Yeah. No, and, he like, just kind of, like, grab his boss by the collar and be like, after everything I've done for you, you're going to give me a raise. Double the pay I make now. And the boss will be like, oh, okay, okay, whatever you want. But no, he's just like, he goes and he's like, I quit. Peace out. And then he goes and decides to run red lights. No, that's yeah, that because kind, that's his that true kind of character move. arc. His true character arc is that he's now going to run red lights and fuck the man. I'm going to blow the the traffic light out. Yeah, it wasn't even him that held the gun. It was like a double for Christopher Lloyd, which doesn't make any sense to me because Shut it's just up. <laughs> it's just him from the back. So like, why do you need a double? Like, it's so lazy. Yeah, shooting a fake laser gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have fake pew pews to blow up a, a traffic light. You really needed a double for that. And then Hulk Hogan becomes Tony Hawk's pro skater. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Step aside, Rodney Mullen. Hey, dude, yeah. where the fuck did he come up with that, like, skateboard with, like, nine wheels on it <laughs> and a rocket? And it had, like, this crazy aluminum frames. It's lying around yeah. the spaceship. He just had it, like, shipped in from the president of space. <laughs> the new president of space. Yeah. yeah. Because he let the original just fucking die. The VP took he... over, yeah. After yeah, he didn't apparently. even attempt a rescue. So he can skateboard now, but he gets on his new ship and he leaves with, I guess, the hot secretary. Oh, He's wait, 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 the secretary. wait, 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 skateboard scene. Back to the skateboard scene. Okay. So <laughs> early in the movie, uh, the kid was like, oh, my mom can skateboard better than you. And then at the end, when Hogan Matt 
magically gets like all these skateboard skills. He like tells that same kid, tell your mom to keep practicing. Scrub. <laughs> Bitch ass mofo. I, I, I don't know. Just a sucker for your mom jokes. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that counts. <laughs> Only by a technicality does it count. Tell yeah. her to stop taking sucking dick classes and tar- start taking skateboarding classes. Okay. Jesus. I'm out. <laughs> Sucking dick classes. <laughs> they have classes for that? Why would you know? No, well, there's that scene in old school. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. All right, guys. So before we get into like ratings, did you have any other points, things that happened in the movie that we forgot to touch on? This movie sucks. <laughs> That's ratings. Save it. Not really. I mean, it it was just so hard to like even convey the the whole story to our listeners um, just because it jumped around so much. So I'm sure there's plenty that we missed that our, uh, our listeners should definitely watch this movie and uh, comment what we missed for themselves. I don't condone that course of action. Don't watch this movie. All right. We're getting into ratings territory. Josh, on any rating scale you want, what are you going to give Suburban Commando? I'm going to give this two. What are you going to do, brothers, uh, out of ten? What are you going to do, brother? <laughs> That's awesome. So two out of ten. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, what do you think? Okay, so this movie goes way back with me. My parents used to have a real small business, and in the same shopping center, two doors down, there was a video rental place. And I used to go over there and just rent videos, and I was hanging out with my dad at his shop. And this was one of the regulars for me. I used to rent it all the time, thinking it was so awesome, right? So... <laughs> I, I haven't watched it in 30 years. I'm sure if you grew up with this movie, it probably, you know, nostalgia plays a little into it. But as somebody that, you know, just walked into it fresh, this movie fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this, there's no doubt about it. This movie is fucking it's, awful. The directing um, is like non-existent. The, the Hulk Hogan's non-performance, he just sleeps through the whole movie. And then, like Christopher Lloyd is he's just phoning it in as well it's just an all around not their best work type of movie yeah I mean definitely not I mean it's it was a poor production poor timeline uh, bad acting bad effects uh, I mean even with a, what would you say it was 8 million dollar budget mm-hmm. or 11 11, 11 million dollar budget I 8 mean, million is how much it made most of that budget probably went for payroll. I mean, it was just terrible. And then the, the movie probably would have been a lot better for me if Shelley Duvall wasn't in it. I mean, they could have put anybody. Damn. I mean, dude, Christopher Lloyd could have been a single dad for all I'll I contend care. that if they had a full penetration <laughs> Shelley Duvall sex scene, then this movie would have been a 10 out of 10. Yeah. If she would have been topless, I'd have gave it two more stars. <laughs> Oh my god, this is horrible. But like she would have to be wearing a paper bag. <laughs> so oh, anyways, at the end of it, the movie's fun. It's corny as hell. Stupid, dumb jokes that you would expect from a, a guy like Hogan. Um, but it was, it really conveyed a lot of like um, 
what the 90s were like i mean it was such an original like generation like there was nothing else like the 90s you know the crazy pants that these kids wear stupid fucking haircuts uh, like wearing maui and sons shirts bugle boy and shit like that you know what i mean like that's something only a 90s kid would know so it, bugle boy <laughs> um, gecko yeah gecko man that was a good one um so I'm only going to give it three out of ten Undertakers with little girl voices, <laughs> but I'll still watch it again. So, like, right. this obviously launched Hulk Hogan's acting career into the stratosphere. Well, there was Rocky Three. Was that where he played this? Yeah, he played Thunderlips. Oh, man. The perfect male. But I'm going to go next, and I'm going to give this... Uh, one out of ten, I was frozen today's. So, uh, this movie sucks. It's horrible. It's like a straight-to-VHS 90s movie. But somehow let, went to theaters. I'm going to steal a quote from TJ Kirk here. Being nostalgic for this movie is like being nostalgic for 9-11. Oh. Like, this movie is just Ouch. all... <laughs> this movie is just all bad, and it has nothing of worth. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry if that was extreme. It's just a joke, people. Not even my joke. I stole it from someone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't think this movie is good on any level. It's just, it's just it's so bad all around. Even the jokes that I thought like, okay, that's a good joke. I didn't actually laugh. Like they're not. I just understood that it was a good joke on paper, and maybe in a different setting, it would have worked. It's like putting a, an LOL emoji. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, that's as much as I'm gonna give. Yeah, yeah. a crying, laughing face. Yeah, yeah. It's all about so, yeah. execution, and this movie has none. If it was meant to be a really shitty movie from the get-go, they totally executed that. Well done. <laughs> it is supposed to be a comedy. Now look. If they meant to ruin Hulk Hogan's career, well done. I want to say I want to say this because some of the things we've said on this episode are a little extreme. We're mostly joking around. Mo Actually, are we? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. We haven't brought up Hulk Hogan <laughs> and his gawker. They <laughs> just... I didn't We're... see any black people in this movie. I'll say that. Oh no, well, there was I'm... one. He was next to the Indian guy in the beginning. Okay, an extra. Yeah. Well, well clearly <laughs> Hulk Hogan had to walk by him as as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that was in his contract. Listen here, brother. I'll do the movie, but under one condition, brother. <laughs> I get to save a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been a very fun episode, and I thank you both for joining me. Josh, let's say our listeners want to hear more of you. What would they do? Uh, well, you would go to my channel. Uh, you can find me at Review Inc., uh, Review Dude, D-O-O-D. We got a Facebook group. Uh, and hopefully by the time this episode airs, I will have a new episode of Review Dude about Ford Fairlane up. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Now, if you, the listeners, want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Instagram, Big Dumb Movie Podcast. Follow us there. Post a lot of memes. It's pretty good. We got a Facebook page as well. If you're listening on YouTube, give this a thumbs up. You can now find us on SoundCloud as well. It just got us there recently. And yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Thank we you. love you guys. Thank you very much for listening, brothers. Any final words, Jonathan? 
Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Don't fucking watch this movie. <laughs> there it, it is. is not worth there the three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I know. I was like, why isn't it two ninety? Why does it have to be three ninety nine? That extra buck kind of irked me. It needs to be. Hulk Hogan free. needs money. goddammit. <laughs> All right, there it is. Thank you guys. Good night. Get the men in the moon. Look down on this place. This ball in space. Face to face. I say, Holmes. Before you start dissing. Check it out, see what you've been missing. Hit your shop till you drop. Can't stop. Cop thrills on a 900 line. Gives you chill. Rap on with the rapper. Clap on with the clapper. It's a nice place to live. But I wouldn't want to visit. Such a nice place to live. Nah. It's a nice place to live. But I wouldn't want to visit. Such a nice place to live. Not, not, not that. to party that's what i'm saying get up get your body swim madonna lombada saddam's and they're gonna be there yo it ain't what you are it's what you wear Focus. no way i said we're the best of the rest and we're here to stay bye now wait wait a minute chef because you ain't heard nothing yet it's a nice place to live but i wouldn't want to visit such a nice place to live Nah, it's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. Such a nice place to live. Not, not, not that. It's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. Such a nice place to live. Nah, it's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. Such a nice place to live. Not, 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 not that. Well, I understand that. It's a really nice place. You know, we can get into some pistachio nut ice cream and things and really have a party, you know? Uh, come on, Dad, I think you're going to really like this. So bring your friend. Come on, you can do it. It's a nice place to live. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to visit. Oh, come on, Dad. Nice it's a great place. I like it. Nah. Man, look, we got shopping malls and we got all kinds of places that you can go. You like Chanel Connor? No, 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 not that. It's a nice place to live. Thank you.